Hi, this is Talmar Anderson from Talmar It Up. I, see, I already messed it up. You're listening I to him. That's it. okay. It's all right. I want to play the whole thing anyway. I'm, so good. <laughs> Great. That's nice. She's human. It's fine. Yes. Okay. Hi, this is Talmar Anderson from Talmar It Up, and you're listening to Bob Nolly and the Labrador Leadership Podcast. Live from the RVA, this is the Labrador Leadership Podcast with Dr. Bob Nolly. The program that brings you the leadership skills that can make you the most authentic, approachable leader for the sake of your business, your team, and for you. Now, here's Bob. Hey there, everyone. How are you? Welcome. Welcome. Come on up. Plenty of seats. Have a seat right there. Comfy? Yeah, that's the important thing. Yeah, me too. So I, uh, I've been a little bit intrigued. I found a, a discussion thread out in the social webosphere somewhere uh, where somebody asked, uh, who is your favorite teacher? And even though I am still teaching today, you know, th- I thought back about who my favorite teachers are. And I, uh, I had a few. I've got a handful. But there's, there's one at the top. There's one at the top. And when folks I went to high school with hear this, uh, they'll go, oh, yes, yes. And they'll have their own stories about her. Her name is Jean Saunders. And I'm embarrassed to say I hope she's still with us because many years have passed since then. She was my high school senior English teacher. And what we did in that class was uh, British literature. And of course, throughout the year, as you came near the end of the year, when springtime comes to high school, the big paper was due. And she didn't assign a topic. She wanted you to come up with the topic. And that was fine. So I came to her and talked about wanting to write about Tolkien. I had read The Hobbit and The Lord of the Rings within the last previous couple of years. And I was very interested in that. And I, I thought it would be kind of cool if I just waded into it and produced a long paper. You know, it was only supposed to be like 25 pages or something like that. Less, 20 pages. About Lord of the Rings. And she goes, you want to do the Tolkien? That's the way she talked. She said, you want to do the Tolkien? Like there was this thing. You want to climb U2 or K2? You want to climb U2? What the heck? You want to climb K2? You want to do the Tolkien? I went, Yes. And then she flipped me, not these four thick paperback or hardback books, which were that body of work, The Hobbit and the Lord of the Rings, but she sent me this little thin book, little thin book called The Tolkien Reader. And uh, I didn't know what to make of it. But in front of it was this essay by Tolkien about fantasy. And she goes, there you go. And I was like, there I go, what? There I go, what? She goes, read that. And I went, but I want to read this and do a paper on this. She goes, you are. What she wanted me to do was to read Tolkien's own essay on fantasy and write a paper as to whether Lord of the Rings was a fairy tale or not. She wanted me to apply what the author had written in another work and determine whether Lord of the Rings was a fairy tale or not. I didn't get that at all. 
I did not get that at all. It was, uh, it was like I wanted to go write a book report and relive my reading of Lord of the Rings and talk about things I'd found and, and read and things I thought were great about it and why it was unlike any other thing. Stephen King himself has said many years after that, since then, that that's why we all write. It's because we want to write the Tolkien again. And I, I think there's something to be said for that. So that's all I wanted to do. I wanted to wade through that again and share it with people that had written and get a good grade in my senior English class. She says, no, you have to read this and apply it. I struggled with that concept for, well, I guess I can't say months because the semester is only but so long, weeks at least. And then finally, I got the mental gumption to wade through that and pick out the key points out of the essay. And then go back to the three books and talk about whether that was a fairy tale or not. And I ended up cranking out before Microsoft Word appeared on the scene, mind you, uh, about 60 pages. And uh, that's a lot of whiteout there, folks. That's a lot of whiteout. So I got that done, and I got two grades on it. She gave two grades on every paper. One was the content grade, and the undergrade was uh, the grammar and structure and composition grade. And uh, I got an A over an A in that. There was some word I spelled wrong everywhere through that. I just It just totally embarrasses me today. Well, not today, but then it, it embarrassed me. So that then was my first, my first application that I really identified as critical thinking skills. Yes, I guess we should have been building those skills earlier, and I guess I was, because I was a good student then. I was a good student. So that's where I realized that that's what I was learning. So when this thread comes up here in this university community and says, who is your favorite teacher? I say it's her, Jean Saunders. And if somehow you or your family or other students that, that are hearing this or listen to this, that's why. That's why. So what does that mean? Why is that so important to me? What it means is that I think that skill set is so transcendent. It's important today, not only in, uh, in academia or in high school or in scholarship anywhere, it's, it's critical in the workplace. I think, I think critical thinking skills are that important. And where you demonstrate them is just the fact that you have them and exercise them. It's just like going to the gym. It's in that stack of stuff. They'll get better if you exercise them. Is I think super important. There was a question that, uh, that came up in, a, in an article on intelligence test when some iteration of the college boards were being rewritten and questions were being reconfigured. And the question was this, something along the lines of, Matthew has socks and he doesn't pair them up when he does the laundry. He just puts them in a drawer. 
and you could feel the question coming. But the question that actually gets asked is, which of the following do you need to know to answer the question, how many socks does he need to take out of the drawer to make sure he has a pair in the morning if he gets dressed in the dark? So it's not answering the question, how many socks does he need to pull out? It's what does he need to know? Or what do you need to know to figure out how many socks he needs to pull out? And of course, I, gosh, I hear you all screaming from there. What you need to know is how many different color socks there are. And he needs to pull out N plus one. So if he only has black socks and brown socks, he needs to pull out three. All right, because he could pull out a black one, then a brown one, and the next one would give him a pair. So it's always the number of colors plus one additional. Those are the critical thinking skills you need to come to the workplace with. There's an article in Forbes recently by uh, Matt Simons, and I hope I'm pronouncing your name right, Matt. And it brings up one of the great leadership icons contemporarily for me, Sheryl Sandberg. So when she uh, went to do her MBA at Harvard in the 90s, he writes, the idea of talking about Russian interference in the U.S. elections uh, was probably not talked about. That was way out there. I can't imagine the response of that had been bought up. But that would have been way out there. But the way they teach at Harvard is, of course, using the case method. And it's like, the Christensen, Dr. Christensen, uh, Roland Christensen, who we've talked about here, is the art of managing uncertainty in searching of solutions to problems. And that's the key, managing uncertainty. And your critical thinking skills are the skills you bring to bear to get that done. So recently, of course, over the past several months or years, when Sandberg had to go to Capitol Hill to testify, I'm wondering, uh, wondering if those were problem-solving skills for her. She wrote on Quora uh, about how her MBA had helped her in her career. And she said this, Going to business school helped give me a basic understanding in business. Well, sure it did. But she added that in her belief and at Facebook, degrees are always secondary to skills. MBAs aren't necessary at Facebook, and I don't believe they're important for working in the tech industry, she said. But I wonder, after sitting before Congress for a long time, if she, uh, if she agreed with that. The author, Matt Simmons, continues to go on and interview David Brown, who's the uh, director of executive education at Imperial College Business School in the U.K., and they talk about change and the need to equip leaders going through change. And executive education looks different now. And that's, there it is. That's, that's the nut that we're trying to bring to the table here. That's what we're trying to crack open. That's what I'm trying to just bring a piece of to you. The models you think about change. 
How do you decide what's important or not? How do you find out that what's really important is the number of different colored socks that are in the drawer? Brown said there are two skill sets. The ability to understand and then harness new technologies. And you can have the discussions. You can hire the people that will show you those technologies. If you go out there and find them yourself, you remain on the fringe. It's very difficult for you to come in as a CEO and immerse yourself in a new technology. But half the battle is done if you're aware of them and then go hire people that can go out and tell you what the potential for each of them might be. But to do that, you have to develop those questioning and analytical skills, but also curiosity, imagination, and he makes the point of even perhaps playfulness. And the second point he said, in addition to those skills, was judgment. And I've always contended judgment comes from experience. And computers have you know, the great capacity for crunching huge amounts of data. I keep thinking of Watson. But they don't have the ability to figure out whether something's fair or ethical or whether it even makes strategic sense. So here's the parting shot for today. Think about your teacher, your favorite teacher, from way back there. Whether it's just a fistful of years ago or a fistful of decades ago. And think about why. And once you get over the thought about their personality and they were likable and you liked them and they were funny. And you were a cool kid and they liked the cool kids or whatever reason. Right under the surface there, you'll find out why they taught you something and what that is. And maybe now you have the opportunity to go share that forward. All right, folks, this is episode 90. See you next time. Thanks for listening to the Labrador Leadership Podcast. For the sake of all the special people in your life that deserve you to be the best leader you can be. Connect with us on our website at labradorleadership.com, on Facebook at Labrador Leadership, and on Twitter at Lab Leadership. Now, here's a final thought from Bob. Thank you, thank you, thank you for being here with us today in episode 90. Hope you've remembered who your teacher is. Help us here by going to our webpage at Labrador Leadership and let me give you the secret that will help you become a better leader in every segment of your job, career, and your life. Till next time, take care of one another. See ya.